what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. July 26th, 2019, episode number 89. Number 89. When I think of 89, I think of Revan Kevin Barnes. Yeah. That is... Ryan Barnes' dad, he used to be national number 89. That's what comes to mind when I think of 89. When I went out to eat one day, my number was number 89. Oh, yeah? And I, I turned it upside down, and it's 68. And that's Ryan Barnes' number. Ryan so I asked, him, I asked him the other day in Frederick, Maryland. I said, did you just have too many sixes and eights left over, and you want to use them? So that's why Barnes is 68. That's my that's my theory. Gotcha. What did he say? No, he, said, he said, that makes sense. But he said, no, I think actually 68 was uh, Kevin's dad's number. Jim Barnes. Mm-hmm. So, well, he's nice, third. Right? He's third generation too, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Just like me. We need to have him on at some point. He's doing pretty well in the production twins class. He does have a good story too, right? And then he's also rode uh, the BriggsAuto.com Johnny Goat tuned Indian a couple times, uh, Laconia Short Track, and then once other. So he's rode the Indian twice. I'd love to get his impression of riding the Indian. That'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put him on the list. So. We got a few things to talk about. We're not recapping a race because there wasn't one last weekend. We're not previewing a race because there's not one this weekend. But we do have some uh, some interesting things going on in the flat track world. And I think we're going to forego a guest just to focus on that stuff. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but there's a few things happening in the world of flat track this week. You want to go through them? Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing for me, I guess, to me, is the Oklahoma City Miles back on the schedule. Father's Day weekend next year 2020 i know everybody around here is already talking about it yeah man i I know that there was a lot of people especially in the oklahoma city area right that were super bummed about that one leaving the schedule and they're going to be thrilled to go back to it in 2020 i'm sure it seemed like the riders missed it too i think you know i I think it was better accepted by the riders than i thought it would be i thought it was going to be really rough and really deep the track crew did a good job prepping it and there's a full house every year so i'm i'm really beside the point i'm i'll get to sleep in my own bed i'm just glad it's back on the schedule yeah no it was great i know it was always a hot one um to struggle through and it, what was it that was it dusty one year it was dusty one year and then it rained after as soon as we took the checkered flag in the in the in the grand finale the big main event it started yeah. raining like five minutes after that so we've had some crazy weather issues but you know, it's in June. It's Oklahoma. You never know what you're going to get. And the fans always turned out. So, yeah, like you said, it was, uh, it was definitely one that was good to have on the schedule, and it's great to see it coming back. We were kind of hinting at that because we were, you know, thinking it might happen or hearing rumors here and there. But uh, good to know that it's uh, officially back on the schedule. Had they finalized the 2020 schedule, or are they just announcing that that one's back? I think they just really wanted to put it out there that this one is back. So this one is the only one that I've seen that's set in stone right now. Another announcement about uh, Springfield later this year. The first one was canceled due to weather, um, but we're going to have four days now of racing in Springfield. Yeah, I I just saw the press release earlier this week on that one too. So they're going to run amateurs on Thursday night on the short track. Friday night's the All-Star National Flat Track Series, which is the Steve Nace Racing Series. And then they're going to add the AFT singles in there for, for their short track grand national so that's friday night saturday and sunday back to back legendary springfield miles so if you want some motorcycle racing there's four days in a row i hope i can still talk at the end of sunday hey you've done that before haven't you you've done like some amateur nationals where you've talked for like 80 days in a row right yeah i I miss going to the amateur nationals but i don't miss those long days i heard (laughs) 
I heard Monday they had 89 heat races, like 39 semis, and then <sighs> 19 finals. That's a lot of races. That's a lot of talking if you're there announcing too. Another just, big announcement just after we posted our podcast last week, Dalton Gautier. Yeah, he got himself a ride in the production twins class. I mean, he's been riding a bunch of different things, but now he's got a ride with, you know, Terry Vance, Terry Reimer, Black Hills Harley Davidson. They're gonna put him on a on an XG seven fifty, one of the old factory bikes. And I think that's cool that Gautier's gonna have a shot and uh, man, he's he might be hard to beat. He might be. What are you talking about? He's been he's been doing well in the singles class. He's been doing great in the singles class. He's actually been running up front when he does run the production twins class, right? Like, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do uh, on a Harley Davidson, right? We got Rispoli who podiumed already. So you're putting together a pretty solid team up there uh, coming out of Black Hills Harley Davidson. And maybe maybe he might be auditioning for something for next year. You know, yeah, you just never yeah. know. With only a few races, you know, yeah. well, seven races left. As we sit right now, he's got a good shot, you know, a good chance to show what he's got. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to see, you know, it's just an all-around good story, right? I got an idea. We know Reimer. You want to call Reimer? Yeah, I, I'll give you his number. We, I mean, he, I'm sure he's super busy, right? He's the general manager and part owner of Black Hills Harley-Davidson, but that includes five Harley shops, and the biggest motorcycle rally in the world is coming up at Sturgis. And, you know, people are already starting to go out there to Sturgis already. So I'm sure he's busy, but we can give him a call real quick if you want. Well, how about you just shoot him a text now, and let's talk about this next thing and see if he re responds back. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and it's related to Harley-Davidson, <laughs> so we'll stay on topic here while you text him, is the contingency thing for, is this for 2020 or is it remaining 2019? I, I don't remember. It looks like it's for the remainder of 2019 uh -huh. in the production twins class. So not only are they investing in a new rider, they're investing in some contingency, you know, for, for HD riders, uh, for Harley Davidson riders when they win, or is it just podiums or wins? I believe the way I read it is for podiums in the production twins class. So I think, you know, what it's trying to do is to, to get some other riders to maybe try the production twins class, you know, and, and try the Harley Davidson brand. Have they been running a lot of Harleys in that production twins class? I guess I haven't been paying just, that much attention. Not not really. It's just pretty uh, much been, well, Danny Eslick wrote it a, a time or two, and then we've seen Rispoli now, and, and now we got Dalton Gautier. So we'll have a couple of them out there, but, you know, I know there's more of them out there. I know Dan Daffner and, and some people put together one, you know, last year or the year before. So I know there's some people that have put them together. Maybe they'll bring them out of the closet or bring them out of the shed or whatever and, and bring them to the racetrack. Dude. What? Reimer's already texted me back, so give him a call. So he said, call him on his house number. He gets better than cell service up there. That didn't take long. I love Reimer. He turned turned it around right away. Um, let's give him a call then. Talk about his uh his new deal. Call him up. Ram Air Productions. Terry Reimer, please. Rock on with your bad self. This is Scotty Hollywood Dubler. How you doing, sir? Excellente. Good. Hey, um, I heard this big press release came out this week, and uh, I want to hear some more, more information about it. So how did the deal come about with you and Dalton Gautier getting teamed up? Well, you know, I've been watching him for a long time, as we all have, right? And uh, Terry Vance, you know, called me a while back when that article came out in Cycle News and said, man, this kid's pretty good. And I said, well, he's the real deal for sure. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, but... We had already been down the, the road with Rispoli, with James, and we still are, and he's a great rider and good guy, and, and I'm excited about him. But, uh, you know, Terry offered up uh, another bike and made a suggestion, and I said, heck, yeah, I'd love to do that, you know. Uh, I really like what um, Robbie Bobby's been doing, you know. He kind of 
resurrected him, and I really commend him for that. That's uh, really going above and beyond the call of duty, I think. You know, there was uh, a lot of, you know, thoughts and controversy about Dalton. There's no doubt, but the fact is, you know, he's a kid. He's a good rider, and he's a good kid and uh, deserves another chance. Yeah, I think – you know, he's definitely making the most of his second chance right now. And I know they're, you know, they're, they're still testing for drugs and everything's coming out clean. And, and he looks like he has his head on straight and he's really focused. So is this a full season commitment by you and, and Terry Vance, or is it just a, a race by race deal? Or, or can you even talk about that? Right now it's, it's for the remaining rounds. Okay. There's seven rounds okay. of production twins left and it's for every round. So awesome. uh, we'll we'll see how he does, and and uh, I'm sure he'll do great. You know, I, I have confidence in him, and uh, we'll go from there. You know, that's that's all we can do. Um, I know that uh, Terry's team is pretty excited about it, and they're working really hard in Indianapolis, getting the bikes ready to come out here, and we'll, we'll see. You know, it's going to be exciting. The Harley's coming. You know, and and not only in production twins, but in pro twins as well. You know. I mean, wait till we get to the miles. We really have been kind of gypped out of the, you know, Sacramento and Springfield, and they're coming back around, and there's going to be more miles coming up, and, and I'm excited. You know, I think it's going to be fun. Absolutely. So will Robbie Bobby still help him out in the on the twin camp, or is he yeah, going to have a different mechanic? No, we'll have we'll have Tim and we'll have I've got some guys rounded up, you know, and and that's something I have to provide is you know people to you know maintain and adjust and you know gearing and tires and wheels and lots of stuff that needs to be done at the track and and I have to provide all that and I do and uh, Robbie Bobby will be part of you know Rob will he'll help the 122 and and then I'll have my guys on uh, you know Rispoli stuff and we'll make it work. Yeah, it sounds like you're building a, a super team. So you got Sheep on the single, team, and, and but, you know, yeah. for production twins, I think we're going in the right direction. That's for absolutely. Sure. But yeah, you know, man. there's no denying though. I mean, Corey Texture, you know, I'm I'm proud of him. You know, I mean, he just he makes it look really easy on that Yamaha. You know, and uh, Coates, he's right in there. I mean, all the classes, especially 450. You know, is you know the singles class is really competitive. You know, I mean, you're two tenths of a second off and sitting in 10th to 12th place that's that's tough you know yeah yeah it's it's been a great year so far i think it's just going to keep getting better i know you're very busy but we wanted to hop on here and give you a call real quick congratulations on picking up dalton gotier and also congratulations on that podium with rispoli yeah that's cool and uh we're we're getting everything tuned up at, for dawson schieffer as well in the singles and we have high hopes for the buffalo chip and Black Hill Speedway, of course, man, I love that. I mean, every, who'd, all the riders love that track. It's a fast half mile. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, man, I can't wait. Is uh, Del Shellstead still prepping the track for you at, uh, in you Rapid know, City? It's it's kind of up to AFT. I'm not certain that Dell's going to be back this year, and, you know, that's their choice, whatever. Okay. I can't. All right. You know, I'm too busy to make those calls or I got plenty to do, you know that, you know. Oh yeah. So yeah. They're going to do the best they can. I know. I know everything's in place, and I think the tracks overall this year have been better than in the past. So we'll uh, see how it turns out. Awesome, Terry. Thanks so much for the time. We'll see you uh, real soon. Yes, you will. Thanks, everybody. I hope to see you. Stop by Black Hills Harley Davidson and say hello. I'll be hanging out. Dude, thanks so much for getting on the the quick call, man. I appreciate it. 
You gotta love it, man. That dude is what two weeks away or a week away from one of the busiest weeks of his year, right? And he's uh, taking time to talk to us about his new deal. I love it. Well, it's it's a lot more than just a week. I mean, Sturgis Bike Week, but it's it's pretty much it takes up three to four weeks. It's almost a full month of stuff, and you got to plan for it way ahead of time. So he's right now in the thick of things. You know, he's in the trenches trying to get set up. They. If you haven't been out to Black Hills Harley-Davidson when you go to the rally, the whole parking lot is full of vendors, motorhomes, and people. And somebody's in charge of all that stuff, and Terry has to oversee everything. So uh, just for him to take the time to talk to us on Off the Groove, man, that's pretty cool. Absolutely, man. And for somebody who's actually been out there for Sturgis Bike Week, gone out to Black Hills Harley-Davidson, if you haven't, I highly recommend it. It is an amazing facility. They really go all out during Sturgis Bike Week. Uh, They have a huge party out in the parking lot. They have all kinds of tents set up, um, and uh, it's just a good time. And, And it's insane how many motorcycles park in that lot during that week. It's crazy. And also Monday night, in between the Buffalo Chip and the Rapid City Half Mile, the factory Harley riders and it sounds like now Gossier and Rispoli are going to be out there signing autographs. I'm sure some other riders will show up too, but if you want to meet the factory Harley riders, you know, head on out to Black Hills Harley, especially on Monday. I think it's Monday evening, maybe late Monday afternoon. So check that out. Love it. What else? That's it, right? We get, get into this stuff. All right. So we covered all these topics that we wrote down here and there's one more big thing. And I think we should probably spend the rest of the episode talking through this. Now, I don't think we can get into too much detail because I don't know much about it. I don't even think you know much about it other than what you've seen, right? Or do you? Well, I know it was presented to the teams at Daytona. Yeah. Michael Locke, during our the night before the, 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 the Daytona TT, brought this up and talked about it. It has been further discussed at the Rider Committee, at the Rider, Rider Advisory Board, I should say, and now a press release came out earlier this week, and a lot of people are asking questions about it. Uh, I've had a lot of messages, people asking us to discuss it on on the podcast. I can say what I know. I, I, I will also, before we get started, say I'm not an employee of American Flat Track, and this is not my idea. It's my interpretation of what I've read. Yeah. <laughs> the views and opinions that will be discussed in the next 20 to 30 minutes are that of Scotty Dubler and Chris Carter of Off the Groove, not of AFT. Just had to get that disclaimer out there. So is that what you do for a living? Is Are you the guy that does the commercial? <laughs> I wish. No, I mean, I could probably do some voice. I should probably look into that. Um, No. I, you, could take, you could take my job. No, I don't know about that. I don't know how much I can really speak to this. And, I mean, I'm not asking you to speak for AFT because we can't do that. I want to know what Scotty Dubler thinks about this. And I don't even know how far you want to get into that because of your situation. But I think that you have an interesting perspective, right? Because... You are a third generation flat tracker, so you've seen, you know, you've grown up in it, so you've seen it all through the years. So you knew where it was, you understand where it's at now, and you probably understand better, obviously better than me, what they're suggesting and kind of talking about doing for the future. So I don't know, what do you think the best way to tackle it is? I, I, I man, that's a tough one, Carter. I just know what I've read. It's, it seems like they want to have a super twins class, an AFT super twins class. It's going to be limited to 16 riders. And the teams have to kind of buy into it. It doesn't say how much it's going to cost, but the team has to buy into it, not the rider. Then the team will hire the riders, and a team can only have three riders. So it almost sounds like the charter system, and almost sounds like, you know, how NASCAR has four drivers. Uh, per team it kind of sounds like they're going along those lines uh that's the way i interpret it but 
I, I just to me like if I still had my my Grand National Export license I could show up and try to race in the premier class if mm -hmm. I still if I stayed current if I kept trying to race the required number of races now if I try to start over I would have to start at the bottom which that's fine I could start at the bottom work my way up but then I could the highest I could go is a production twins class unless a team picked me up so it's it's almost it's almost where what's your incentive to keep going to me I mean it's like you know if all you're gonna do is make it to the production twins class or the AFT singles class then and then just hope one of these other teams spot you and recruit you it's gonna be a tough road I think for a little while well, it's absolutely, I, I mean, I can speak and tell you this, it is absolutely the NASCAR charter system, right? Like they might tweak it here and there to say and say it's something different, but the, it's, it's, it's the same model, right? Um, having come from NASCAR and my last year with NASCAR was the year that they were implementing that, a lot of similarities uh, with what they're trying to do here. And it may, I mean, I think only time will tell if it's gonna work out, right? I know, it's tough. What these teams are guaranteed Carter is a starting position in every main event so that will guarantee them to go out and get sponsors and say hey we're gonna be in every race however many main events it is if it's 16 rounds 18 rounds 20 rounds I don't know how many rounds they're looking at for next year I think the more the better but I also don't think they want to get too far out and get spread too thin so I think I think they'll stay with around 18 nationals um, but these teams now can go to company XYZ and say hey we're gonna be on national TV yeah this number of times we're gonna get this many views uh, it's also gonna give them packages to help get sponsorship it says um, more exposure which means more money coming back I just I hope that money makes it into the riders pockets yeah because the riders need more money yep uh, and I think the team owner has to have some kind of incentive also to do this because you know, I don't know what's going to cost them to initially buy in, yeah. but somehow they've got to get their investment back. Absolutely. And whether whether that's through sponsorship or by the riders winning or contingencies or whatnot, but everybody is trying to make money. Yes, it's a fun sport. Most of us racers do it because we love it, or I loved it when I was racing. A few riders can really make a nice living at it. I yeah. wish it would be where like the top 20 riders could make a, an honest living at it. Maybe... This is a step in that direction. I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think only time will tell. I, I do. I will say that I do like the fact that they're putting it out there, um, letting people kind of pick it apart, ask questions. And, you know, this late, this latest thing was FAQ, right? So a lot of people had questions. So they're starting to answer some of those questions. To me, those answers only trigger more questions, right? But, I mean, that's, that's kind of the process too, right? So you work through it. You take your feedback. You have these advisory meetings, and you hear what people are saying, what they're complaining about, what they like. Um, I just hope that they kind of listen to because from what I'm seeing on social media, there is not a lot of people excited about it, but it, it's not fully explained yet. It's pretty vague. Like some of the answers to the FAQs still seem pretty vague, right? Like what are the stipulations? Like how much are things going to cost, right? Like how is it actually going to shake out? I mean, there's still a lot of questions, but I, I think there's plenty of time to get those answers. And uh, hopefully by the start of 2020, we'll have a better picture and an idea of how it's going to work. And you got to look at this, too. We're just halfway through the season right now. We're at the exact halfway point for the twin season. I mean, the singles have raced one more race. I get it. But uh, they're laying it out there. They're laying down the, the groundwork right now. It says you have to have a big hauler. You have to have uh, re representation in the pit area. You know, you have to look professional. I would say probably like the Indian team, probably like the, the Harley-Davidson team. So 
The only thing I'm worried about is some of these smaller, maybe independent guys. Uh, I think of a few of them off the, off the top of my head. Davis Fisher, Bugs Pearson, a few guys that are maybe like uh, a fourth through tenth place finisher in a main event. They might have not have these great big rigs and haulers. But, you know, it's like what came first, the, the chicken or the egg? So now they're laying the groundwork. So now you have time to find a way to get that hauler to get what you need. So they're giving them time. And again, I'm not I'm not defending either side. I just I feel bad for the smaller teams, but they do have some time to try to see if that's what they want to do. Or do you want to go back and race production twins or even AFT singles? I mean, you have time right now to start thinking about your future. There's not a lot of things I could speak to as far as the history. Right. Because I, I'm kind of still I always say I'm still fairly new. But I was there in 2016, and I, and I did see a lot of people go against what they were trying to do in 2016, and it paid off. So, you know, you, you got to look at both sides of the coin, and, and I don't know. I've never I'm, – I'm not as into it as, as a lot of people who have dedicated their lives to it. I've kind of done that the past couple of years, you know, doing it uh, for 2016 and 17 seasons and then working with you on the podcast. I've kind of – it's kind of become my life in, in some ways, but uh, but I I'm not riding right. So I, I think it, it, you got to listen to the people that are that are that are actually out, going out there and racing these races, putting their life on the line every race. And uh, you know, like you said, man, it's got to be worth it for them in the long run too. So I, I just hope that they consider that, and I'm sure they are, right? Yeah, I, I hope so, and I hope they continue to have these meetings. You know, and I hope they open them up to just more than just the rider advisory board. I think they need to talk to the team owners. They need to talk to the riders and, and try to get their feedback right now. And and you know, they're they're still working on this, so it's still early in this process. Um, one thing that I did notice that that will remain the same is pretty much the format. So there's still gonna be two practice rounds. There's gonna be one extended enhanced qualifying round. I think they're gonna kind of like like the super pole or kind of like what they do over in MotoGP. Uh, two super twin semifinals and then one main event with only 16 riders. And the time will be accommodated to fit a TV schedule. So I think they're working on that to get to live television. Well, they've been working on that for a couple of years, but I think this is a step in that direction, right? Were they, were they also talking about timed races? Is that a real thing? I think that is just just to fit in that time to win a four TV. I think that's what that's all about. So that that's going to go along with what you've been doing lately, the, the <laughs> motocross series. You know, when you yeah. start a, a 450 moto, you know it's 40 minutes plus two laps or 45 minutes plus two laps, whatever it is right now. Um, I think that's a good thing. I, you know, with the exception, you know, if we go to a short track and they're a minute lap times, you know, we could run 40 laps. I mean it. <laughs> You know, well, you better be prepared for that. You better have enough fuel for that. You better have enough, you know enough tire to make it that entire distance. Well, you got to think too. I mean, if if you're if you're running the same amount of laps at every track, and you're on a short track versus a mile, you know the people that are going to see those races are getting more on a mile, more of a show. So this kind of levels that playing field, gives everybody a consistent show as well, and you get to see all the riders at every event. So I mean, I see that positive side of the coin, but it might be a little too soon to make that jump. I don't know. I think there's a lot, like you said, a lot of riders who definitely don't have the funding to do that right now. But it is early. So by the time, you know, this comes around at the end of the winter, everybody may be in a better position. I didn't think the amount of haulers that were going to show up in Daytona this year were, right? But then, like, all those haulers showed up in Daytona. And, like, so who knows? Yeah, you never know. And, you know, it is early. And what I like is they're they're asking for feedback and they're getting the feedback. And, and also, if you don't make it, if you don't want to be in that super twins class, you can still ride production twins or singles. So there are there are options. So you don't just have to walk away from the sport. One thing I found is it, the question was, can a rider be a team owner? Like, is 
who do you think like are there any riders out there that might actually say i want to be a team owner i think you know for instance you know henry wiles as far as i know he owns those motorcycles so he is the team owner yes he's got support from from brian bigelow yes he's got sponsors but as far as i know he's the team owner he owns the bikes he you know he may or may not own the hauler and and how it gets there but yeah so according to the the, the new memo that came out the team owner makes the decisions of you know he has to buy into it and then he can hire whichever rider he wants so a rider can be a team owner and can hire himself to race for him it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out like you know if somebody does get hurt or injured too like how that's going to actually work right like i, I just i don't know I think if somebody's hurt or can't ride or maybe is sick or whatever, that will be up to the team owner to find a replacement for that rider for however many events. Um, and I did notice also that when you start on one brand, you can't just switch brands in the middle of the season unless it's, you know, unless it's because of the manufacturer, you know, picking up a sponsorship deal or something like that. You can't just go to a certain racetrack and switch to a different motorcycle. So. Uh, try to keep consistency in the sport. I mean, it's kind of like Joe Gibbs, and I go back to NASCAR, Joe Gibbs, and they're running Toyotas. They just can't run a Chevy one week just because the Chevy goes better at whatever track. So, Why do you relate it to NASCAR? Because <laughs> it's racing. <laughs> and how, what else am I going to relate it to? I'm kidding. Uh, just trying to relate it to something bigger that people might understand. I can't relate it to high school basketball. Yeah, I guess. I'm just... I'm just curious to see how many teams are actually going to show up and want to do this in field X amount of riders. I mean, up to three riders. So like, for instance, is, you know, Jerry Kennedy, he's a team owner for Brandon Robinson. They just have one rider. Will this give him an option to, you know, hire another rider to fill another spot or will he be satisfied with just the one rider? I mean, what if you have five teams or five teams that want to do three riders each? Then you only have five teams in the series, which could happen. It could happen. Then you could only have 15 riders. I mean, it, it could very well happen. And I think there'd be, I think there's some, something about a wild card. So if, if not all the riders are there, then maybe you, you can get on the list and work your way into it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's why they're talking about it now too, right? Like they're going to find holes. People are going to ask questions. They'll, they'll figure it out. And you know they they might start the 2020 season without a perfect plan, and they'll work through it. Like they've uh, they've come this far, and it's been on a steady climb. So I gotta believe that it's only going to continue to do that. So it says it says will there be any Super Ten Wild Cards entries available? As a season long entries are required for Super Twins, AFT anticipates 16 full time grid positions at every event. In the case where there are fewer than 16 entries at any event, Wild Cards may be considered. So that would be that would be I, I guess maybe a rider gets hurt or something i don't think we covered that enough this will definitely be an interesting topic to uh to discuss with all of our future guests too i mean i mean this is something we could talk through the end of the year and you know i, I guarantee you that aft listens to this or somebody at aft listens to this and if a rider brings up something interesting i bet i bet it'll i bet it'll spark some more conversations around things but at least we'll have some extra few questions to ask every every week yeah, and it doesn't matter if it's a team owner or a rider or even a mechanic. They're all going to have an opinion on this, whether it's good, bad, or they don't really care. If they don't know, we can at least find out what, they, what they're what they thinking, and we start that as soon as we talk to our our guests maybe next week. Yeah. Um, you kind of have a pulse on the paddock, though. I feel like you are, you are of the people, Scotty Dubler. What do you think? If you had to put a percentage on how many people you think are happy about this, what percentage of the paddock would you say? I think right now it'd be low. And I'm just saying that because people 
typically don't like change. Well, yeah. That's just that's that's just my gut feeling right now. And also, all the rules aren't laid out. And people didn't like the idea of the riders wearing leathers at every race. People didn't like the idea of riding twins at every race. I like those because they're consistent. The fan knows that number 20 in the twins class is going to be Jared Vandekoy, and they can find his factory Harley-Davidson leathers out there, no problem. Mm -hmm. So I like those two things. But this right here, there's a lot of changes going on right here. This is a humongous change, and until we see it in action, I think people are worried about it just because they don't like change. Yeah. Well, and it's not just a change. It's something that's never been done before, right? There's never been a super twins class. So, uh, you know, there's been, there have been riders that have ridden the same bike, you know, for years. Right. So let's just hypothetically talk through it. Like if it fails, where do you think it would fail? I think finding enough teams to field 16 riders. I think that would be the biggest deal. And it has to be, and it's not just money. I think it's because you have to have a hauler. Yeah, your pit area has to look good. Uh, you have to field a rider for, you know, for each race. I, I don't know. I think just having enough teams, enough big teams, which our sports never really had that many great big teams. There's been privateers have, you know, have filled the field, so to speak, and, and have won races. I'm not saying they just show up just to, just to race, but I'm saying, you know, when I raced, I raced out of a van. That's because I had to. I couldn't afford anything else. I couldn't afford a motorhome and a trailer. I couldn't afford a big rig. I couldn't afford to fly in and, and, and race. I had to get myself there week in and week out. The sport has changed a little bit in that aspect. There's more teams now getting there and the riders can fly in. But I don't know if we're quite there yet where we have you know enough teams to field 16 riders. Like I said, this is, this is just us talking through it, trying to make sense of it. Um, I am definitely not an expert. You are pretty much an expert. But, I mean, even you don't have all the answers, right? Because there's still a lot of things that are yet to be determined. So, I mean, this is a discussion that we're starting this week on Off the Groove, but we will continue to have. I mean, this, like you said, this news has been out there since Daytona. It's been something we just we didn't even want to touch <laughs> uh, because it was still kind of new. But, you know, we, we discussed it and we talked about it. It's probably good to get it out there and for us to have a discussion as well talk to the people that come on our show and ask them about it get their opinions and hopefully you know they'll they'll give us their their unfiltered opinion which most of the interviews we've had have done in the past so we'll see what the people say yeah and i can't wait to get different people's opinions you know i haven't been at the racetrack since we've seen this i've just been seeing what's on social media um and of course there's the the armchair critics who sit back and don't even have a dog in the fight that are going to speak the loudest but again it's people People do not like change, and I'm, I'm guilty of that. So I can't wait to see what happens. I, I look forward to everybody's opinions, and I hope AFT's listening and takes opinions into consideration and ideas into consideration, and, and it's just not cut, you know, set in stone. I think it's open right now for interpretation. I just hope they're open to more and more ideas as we make this thing happen for 2020. I agree, because it is the people of the community that make this sport awesome. So I just hope that they listen to them, for sure. Hey, Carter. What? You know I'm a numbers guy, right? Yes, you are a numbers guy. I, li I like stats. Even though I don't like to read, I like stats. You like reading and stats. Flat yes. Yes. The flat track fact is, do you know how many years Terry Poovey was national number 18? 18. 31 years in a row. I think that's amazing. And back then, you had to make a main event every year to keep your grand national number. It was a lot harder back then because there was a lot more riders. So he got his national number. He had it from 1977 to 
2007. Texas Terry Poovey, uh, man, one of the guys I used to love watching race. He had it for 31 years. And one more stat on top of that, only nine riders have ever worn National Break Team. Interesting. Now, is Terry Poovey the record holder with that fact? Is, is nobody else held a uh, number as long as he has, or do you know that? The only one that would be close that I can think of is actually Ronnie Jones, but he lost it for a few years. He had his brother's number for a few years. So most consecutive numbers in a row, I'd have to say it's Terry Poovey, 31. Ronnie Jones may have had a number longer, uh, but not the same number and not consecutively. Well, you know, if we're wrong, you know, we know some folks that are probably going to give us a call, Mr. Bert Sumner and the uh, History Amigos. Absolutely. And also, I'd like to say thanks to Donnie LaRue with amanationalnumber.com. That's where I get my stats and information about any national number history. It's all on amanationalnumber.com. Dude, I got to tell you, um, after we did last week's episode, I've been following those little kids. Uh, it's cool to see what they're doing out there in Amateur Nationals. And uh, who was it that won one? Travis won one already, right? A few of them have won some. See, this is going to be on Friday, and so today's Wednesday. But I've a few of Corey Texas riders have won races already. I mean, I hopefully they'll win the championships too, but uh, man, they're out there kicking butt. Yeah, and I'm sure you know, we're doing this early in the week. I'm sure there's going to be a couple more wins or uh, success stories out there from am- amateur nationals, but uh, I'm glad we did that episode. It's getting a lot of response, actually. It's one of the top ten, ep- top six now, I think, uh, episodes we've done as far as uh, you know engagement and uh, reach. So it's pretty cool uh, to, to see the response uh, for the young kids and uh, – it's cool to know some more flat trackers that are uh, that they're they're going to be up and coming here in the next few years. Did you did you see what Graham said about it? I did. That she, was awesome. She said she wrote all their names down, and she'll follow them from here on out. So Best. you know what? That's awesome. You know that's so cool. And you know if it's just Graham, that's great. But I think a lot of other people probably feel the same way. So um, good to know that we're helping in a little bit, uh, doing our part to to get their names out there and uh, get get some fans for these young kids. And maybe we'll do it again next year. Maybe if, if Corey's not involved, we'll pick our own eight riders and talk to. I mean, I or something it. like that. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we start our own team? OTG? OTGR. Yeah. <laughs> Off the Groove Racing? Off the Groove Racing. I don't know if that's a really good name. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Sometimes you get some speed. That's a lot of letters. Sometimes you get some speed when you go off the groove, right? I don't know. I mean, sometimes you find a faster way around the track. That's what you say at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. We'll see how long that stays there. Hmm. I had a dream. I actually had a dream that I was a a team owner. How about that? How crazy is that? Really? Yeah. That's a... I mean, I gotta... Who's who's your rider? I don't know. It was weird. Um, I don't really remember. Oh, man. What? Don't let me me down like that. Well, I'm saying, like, it was weird because, like, I remember having a rider and they were, like, talking to me. I don't know shit about motorcycles. I don't know why I was a team owner. Um, (laughs) But I was a team owner and the motorcycle uh, and the rider was talking to me about, like, tips. And I was just like, I don't know. You're going to have to talk to Scotty. (laughs) Really? So I was a part of the team? I don't nice. know. I don't know. All I know is I remember them asking me a question about the bike, and I was like, you're going to have to talk to Scotty. Um, so maybe you hey, were. Maybe hey. you were part of the team, but I don't like distinctly okay. remember a role that you had. Okay, well, well, don't tell Devin you're having dreams about me. No, I won't. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, we, we covered all the things, talked about all, all the news. We talked about this uh, this new Super Twins jobber that, uh, that they're talking about. We talked about a little amateur national. Uh, what are you doing this weekend? Absolutely nothing. That sounds amazing. And 
I don't do that very well either. I just, I don't sit still and do nothing very well. I guess I've lived my life on the go for so long. It's hard for me to sit and do nothing and not be at a racetrack. So I'll probably find some car races or something around here to go check out. I don't know. I'll, I'll find something, I guess, but. Well, I wasn't supposed to go, but I got the last second call last week and I'm heading out to uh, Washington, Washougal for uh for the really nation. yeah for the uh man promoto out there i'm so i'm so jealous yeah it's gonna be great. Any of the flat trackers out there i know you got to see terry reimer last weekend at uh minnesota who did you see any other flat trackers up there i did run into reimer, reimer out there at uh in millville last week i didn't see any more flat trackers last week but uh, i talked to uh debrino he's gonna be out there he was out there last year um running the 125 i think um, yeah so the two-stroke class yeah, yeah. Um, so he's going to be out there again, and uh, he just got his license. He's going to be in Buffalo Chip on his 450, and uh, he said that he might be looking for a ride on the uh, production Twins class for that Black Hills Harley Dave or for the Black Hills event as well. So I don't know anybody looking to field a rider in the production Twins. Andy Debrino has a great chance of winning. And if you think about it, when he was riding the Super Hooligan class out there in Paris, California, his times were just as competitive as some of the production Twins guys. So if he gets on. A legit production twins bike he might run up front you never know and dude that that guy rides everything kind of like ryan sipes but uh i think he's a hell of a rider and i think if he ever focused just on american flat track you know he might be another guy to contend with every week 100 percent, and a good dude to boot right so uh i look forward to seeing him out there and uh washugal washugal is always a beautiful track to go to i love the pacific northwest lived out there for two years so it's always good to it's not home for me but it was home for like two years so it's good to get out there every once in a while you fly into portland and then drive up pdx baby yeah that's where i did too when i used to do castle rock washington up there do the, the grand nationals up there i'd fly into portland it's so close to the washington border and it's easier to get in and out of than than seattle and and uh man you need to hook up to brino and have some fun yeah dude having a good time out there looking forward to it um how far is castle rock from portland it wasn't very far it didn't seem like very far at all you have to check it out on the map oh, man i've never never seen castle rock i've heard so many stories about it if it's, it's closer on the way i would love to yeah, go stop an, by and check it out it's an old school motorcycle track it, it actually got buried in lava from a volcano once they had to shut it down and it's called Mount St. Helens Motorcycle Club. Yeah. And it's, man, it's old school, but it's it puts on some good racing. There's a short track around the outside, then there's a TT in the middle. And it's, they've been racing there since I've ever knew about flat track racing. It's, it's incredible. I'm going to go check that out. Maybe. I got a whole, I, well, I whole day on that, Sunday, so who knows? That's where Jeffrey Carver got his first Grand National victory. Oh, yeah. We talked about that when we interviewed him. I, I dropped a little flat track fact right there. You're yeah. dropping facts left and right. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm out of gas. Yeah. So we'll be back next week. We'll have a guest. We'll talk about the Buffalo Chip because we're leading the Buffalo Chip next week, right? Yep. Oh, Buffalo Chip and Rapid City. We'll probably pre- you know, have to highlight both of them because we won't have time to talk. And then uh, we'll get back from, I'll be home for like a day and a half. And then I'm going straight out to Sacramento. So uh, we'll have a busy week. Who we get to talk to next week? I thought you were trying to get a hold of uh, Rod Woodruff from the Buffalo Chip. Maybe you'll try to get him on here. I reached out to him. Um, might talk to him. That'd be I, cool to talk to him before his event. And we, we're going to continue to call Kenny Tolbert. And I've reached out to James Hart. I've had a few people hit me up want to talk to James Hart. I've reached out to him a couple different times. So uh, we'll try, try to get him on here too. A few people want to hear more from the mechanic side of things. So we'll try to get some more mechanics on here. We do listen to all your comments and feedback. So keep it up. Yeah, speaking of that, we, we also got a comment for Dan Bromley. You know, we, you and I both have reached out to him, asked him to be on. So hopefully we'll have him on soon. I even threw out the idea, maybe talk to him and uh, Connor. 
she won a race last weekend. That's what I saw. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I reached out to him. It was his birthday earlier in the week. I said happy birthday to him, and he uh, put me in his Instagram story, so Aww. he saw it. So I know he, I know he sees and knows who I am. He's a, <laughs> he's a busy dude. Yeah, he's got a full time job and he's a full time motorcycle racer. Damn right. Dan right or damn right? Damn right, grown men. I thought you said Dan, you know Dan Bromley. I could, yeah, yeah. It's similar. Yeah, I got you. I got uh, you. Hey Carter, what? Carter, what? Smash that like button. Me? Tell all your friends. Yeah, I want you to do it too. Uh, okay. We're gonna we're gonna do a tutorial at one point too. Tell people how to get on here easier. I know you're working on that too in your, <laughs> in your spare time. I'll put it in the episode, so I'll hold my. I'm gonna put it in this week's episode, so I'm holding myself accountable for actually getting that out there. Smash that like button. Tell me, friends. Give us some feedback, and we appreciate all the listeners. Carter, keep it on four wheels unless you're up there in that big bird, and uh, have fun at Washougal. And we'll tell everybody how it went. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, dude, have fun doing nothing this weekend. I'll try. Peace. Later. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Eight one seven four five is not available. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any. What's your right. What's your message? Kenny Tolbert, Scotty Dubler here with Off the Groove. I'm going to call you every week until you answer. Uh, this is your second warning. I've told you in the pit on uh, in in person, but uh, I'm going to keep calling you every week. Have a good night.